Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. As always, this is the spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Stephen Jensen. Jensen, Merry Christmas, buddy. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, buddy. So, like, we got like all the holidays going on. This is great. Hanukkah is like ha- happening right now. Christmas coming up in a few days. Kwanzaa coming up right after that. So, like, and then anything else that you celebrate, or if you're not non religious or whatever, I just hope people are just having a good, like, just some time off. Maybe if, if you got to work retail, I, I, I sympathize to you big time. I've been there um, for a long time. Um, so yeah, I just hope people are having a good, just like end of the year, beginning of the next year, whether you're with family celebrating holidays or you're just hanging out solo playing video games or whatever. Just like, I just hope you're, hope you have a good, a good, you know, couple weeks here uh, to, to finish up, you know, the new year and then start up the next year. So yeah, th- thanks man. And Mer- Merry Christmas to you and your family, Jeremy. I appreciate that, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, everyone stay safe out there. Not only holiday season can be bring out some sometimes the worst in people if you're out and about, but a lot of storms going on around the country. Uh, a lot of snow, a lot of ice storms. We're expecting big time storm here uh, in, in lovely, beautiful, gorgeous Ohio. Uh, you, you would never think storms would come through Ohio. Uh, but yeah, we're expecting some storms. So everyone stay safe out there if you are in uh in that part of the the country that is expecting a lot of snow and, and things of that nature jensen we were supposed to have our pals jameson ryan and diamond chic on the show today they were going to celebrate yeah. christmas with us jameson was going to wear a santa hat and nothing else that's what i said i said wear a santa hat i don't even have a santa hat on i said wear a santa hat nothing else no one can see you know below the waist or anything if he you know uh so santa hat nothing else we don't even know where he's gonna place the santa hat they they 
they they no showed us on the holidays. They gave us Cole on the holidays. Yeah. These are our guys. We got big league, dude. So you don't even know about this yet. I got I was given Cole on Sunday during the CDW show. Diamond Sheik came out and swerved everybody. We thought Santa Claus was hanging out with us and having a good time, giving out presents. I was like, oh damn, Santa Claus showed up for CDW. This thing's getting pretty big. Like we're getting some pretty big news coming out of this thing. Like this is Santa Claus is here. Like of all places, this is great. And um, you know, Jameson was hanging out with Santa. You know, that was a little, you know, a little suspicious. He was wearing a little Rudolph nose. Um, and they had like their their BGU guys out there, you know, BGU. And uh, but yeah, man, um, yeah, I, I hope you guys uh get to watch well, I shouldn't say I hope, I hope you guys do you know watch the, the CDW show um when it drops on YouTube because um yeah, I don't know if the camera caught it or not. Sheik nailed me in the face with the Santa cap. Like after his match, he was like walking well, I paid to the him. back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I paid him to do that's that. Fair. So I'm glad he, I'm me. glad he got the check. I'm glad it was enough for him. Uh so yeah, I paid him to do that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's funny because I am always watching my back at these shows. Like I, I told you at the <laughs> at the last show that I was at, I was like somebody accidentally like hit me in the leg with like uh they were like rolling like like drinks on like a cart and someone like hit me in the back of the leg and I turned around almost like you know, like, like, because I'm like, oh, this is someone Jerry sent. Like, someone, someone's coming up behind me. Um, and it just turned out to be a guy working at the bar. And, like, it was a total so you think. accident. Well, so I think. That's how yeah. it was played off, at least. Anytime, um, anytime something bad happens to you at that show, just assume they got paid off by me. That's fair. I mean, that That's because they probably did. I, I just paid a bunch of people. You know, I might have to collect a little bit of uh, money from these people who are not following through after I sent payment, these guys are workers. They're just taking my money and then they yeah. doing anything getting tired of that. But Jameson, another guy, you know, I paid chic. He followed through Jameson. I paid him. He can't even be on the show. So I'm BGU. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I got inducted into BGU last, last episode. When we see them next, I'm gonna have to confront them about this. Jensen, we might have yeah. some, some BGU uh, turmoil here. That's, that's very true. And, um, and y'all can expect to hear them again soon on the show, most or at least Jameson, probably Sheik as well. We'll 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 find we'll see. But we are we did we did reschedule. We will have them again soon. Um, and I I know there's um there's been some people that I've, I know have been like, man, you guys have them on a lot. Like you guys need to mix up the guests, and it's like we do get a lot of guests. There's also scheduling conflicts. It's tough. Like with with me having a full time job, like there's only so many. And like Jameson works, Sheik work. I mean, a lot of these wrestlers work too. You know what I mean? It's like it's just hard to get it's hard to get interviews every week for y'all with like the scheduling that it takes and stuff like that. Um, and uh, I just want to throw that out there that like, um, you know, we're looking forward to having them back again. Uh, they're good dudes. They've been really good to the show. Um, and they're great interviews. Like we like having them on because like they, they give us their time. They help promote these other shows too. And like, like think about this too, like having them on, led to fodder which led to angelina love like i mean like you know what i mean like it's like that's building these relationships with with wrestlers like jameson you know it really it really helps us out a lot like getting access to you know getting other guests for y'all you know what i mean so it all it all works hand in hand and we really appreciate everyone's time we actually have the next couple interviews lined up already we, we should be getting jameson and chic again soon um and we also um have matt thomas coming on soon um that we're trying to pre- that we're trying to record soon for the next within the next couple weeks and um, he's a, a, a literal world champion chess boxer. 
um, who was also who also boxed on the Aaron Carter Lamar Odom card, which is like my my whole world is coming full circle now on the spotlight with these kind of things. So um, anyway, open up the show a little little uh, a little heads up for everybody. No no interview today, but we have interviews lined up going forward and stuff. So uh, anyways, oh and Larry, hey thanks Larry talking about my WCW action figures. Yeah, I got I got signed WCW figures behind me and stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll do like a whole a whole toy room at some a whole toy tour at some point because I'm surrounded by stuff in this room that y'all can't see. But anyways, Jeremy, sorry I'm over I'm I'm rambling. So you gave me some bad information regarding Matt Thomas, and we're gonna get into that. No, right. I didn't. You assumed no. information about uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in, and it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you everybody behind the scenes here in a second. Last night, AEW Dynamite, their, one of their big angles was Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, complete with Rick Ross out there calling Keith Lee a big motherfucker, which ruled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Swerve said, hope you got eyes in the back of your head. And then about 20 minutes passed, and Parker Boudreaux finally came out and attacked Keith Lee, and Keith Lee dispatched of this man. And then as Keith Lee was about to confront Swerve, another man came out and attacked Keith Lee. The crowd chanted, who are you? No one seemed to know who this man was. We finally got information on who this man was, but I'm going to bury you right now, Stephen Jensen. I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm going to bury you. You DM'd me and you said, by the way, I knew I recognized Matt Thomas from something else. He was opening the fight on Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom boxing card. Now, I thought this might be burying myself, actually, now that I reread this as I read things. I thought you were talking about this mystery man who was uh-huh. coming on here. You Because we were talking about our show today. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned the Rick Ross segment. So I'm thinking, oh, this is what you're talking about. Now, as I reread it, maybe because we're having Matt Thomas on, you're like, oh, I recognize him there. Your transition was not good here, Jensen. (laughs) You did not set this up well. I thought you were talking about the mystery man. And I'm like, of course you know who the fuck it was. Like, And then you just laughed at that. And then you said he won by clean KO. Who's the best fighter in the card. My world has come full circle. And then the wife messages you and is like, you knew who he was. And then you're like, no, Matt Thomas is the guy who knocked out uh the guy the who the aew guy was but that wasn't true either no i wouldn't talk about an aew guy at all i was talking about the guy we were interviewing yeah you're trying you did not set this up well mm-hmm. so here's what happened you dm me this and i'm like is this the guy uh, we're doing research we're on oh the instagram God, pages so the twitter pages yeah. the youtube i went back and rewatched this fight to see if we could like there's no way this is the same like matt thomas is very like clean shaven clean cut <laughs> no tattoos I'm like there is no way this is the same dude that has the all these tattoos all there's no way he did this to his body in the last year and we are just like like what happened to this man in the last <laughs> year and a half that he has yeah. gone from this to what we saw last night. It was insane. And you let us down this rabbit hole that had nothing to do with nothing because you didn't properly set it up. Uh, you, know what, you know what happens when you assume stuff, Jeremy? You make an ass out of you and me. 
Yeah, so like I was I was pretty confused when you were DMing me. I was like, what is he talking about? I was like, this guy like and then like and then when when your wife was messaging me about it, I was like, okay, hold on a second. I think they're just confused. Um yeah, but anyway, that's that whole story is gonna be very confusing for anyone listening to the show. They're not gonna be able to understand, I don't think, what we were just talking about. But I Oh, but I said I, it I set it up well. I set it up very well to under so people understood where I was coming from on this i thought steven jensen had correctly identified the man with <laughs> no. all the face tattoos because of the dm he sent me and then as i researched it i think jensen was wrong and then it found out that he wasn't even talking about this no. face tattoo guy at all who as noted reported by sean rossap of fightful select it is grandon goatsman who was a former baseball player. He was a second round pick by the Tampa Bay Rays in 2011. And now he is in AEW. He's been training at Jay Lethal's school. Apparently this has been planned for a while. Look, I thought Dynamite was a great show last night. The first hour, even though it was heavy on promos, it flew by. Uh, I thought it was a great show last night. Everything hit except this segment. I felt bad for Swerve. I felt bad for Keith Lee because you got Parker Boudreaux, who people already don't have a high opinion on based on his time in NXT and everything. He was part of the Trust Busters, and now he's out there with Swerve. You got this guy who literally no one knew. There was nobody could identify this man on Twitter until finally Sean reported it. So no one knew who this man was. I thought the Rick Ross stuff was great. I love Rick Ross. Uh, I had no issue with that, but I can understand why people are like, this man is just ad libbing and commentary. Like get, this is, this is not for me. I can understand that. I thought it was great. Personally, this did not hit. And I have confidence in swerve pulling it around. I have confidence in Keith Lee. I don't know if Parker Boudreaux is any good. I don't know if Goatsman is any good, but we shall see. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like a like just kind of a random. I mean, I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll with AEW like I'm willing to let things play out. Like I, you know what I mean? Like this, like even the segment last night, I thought it went from like kind of like weird and confusing for the most part to like really good by the end of it. By the time Swerve hit that double song through the cinder block, I was like, oh, okay, that was actually great. Yeah, you Swerve know? is great. Right? Oh, I'm not I'm not debating that. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying like this whole segment overall, it went from like. Yeah, Rick Ross slipping up on the microphone to like, and we you know we we like Rick Ross. Another just another full circle thing. Him and Diamond Chief. We talked about Rick Ross on the show, you know, multiple times before in the, in the wrestling world. You know, I uh, I'm I'm willing to give this thing a chance, but I'm with everyone else. Like I, I honestly haven't seen a lot of Parker because I didn't watch much of his NXT run. But I'm very aware, NXT. right? When I'm very aware of like. Heyman hyping him up as like the next Brock Lesnar and stuff. And I remember him, he was like a college football player that was like heavily scouted by the WWE and stuff like that. And, but then like, I remember they shaved his head and stuff. And I was like, wait, this guy doesn't really come off like Brock Lesnar at all. Like what, what, are, what, what are people talking about? And, you know, the thing last night, it's just, once again, I just don't have a lot of, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just strange. Cause I don't, I don't know how good, I think Parker has potential. I, I don't want to like totally like just say this guy sucks 
screw it. Like he should never do anything. Like I, I just, I just don't know. Like maybe he is improving and stuff and they feel like this is a, a good position for him to be in. I don't know, but you know, I kind of like the trust busters I like Slim J and the, and those dudes I like Ari Davari and stuff. So like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Like in this other guy, uh, Granin Goatsman, I'm probably butchering the name, but like, it's the same. I have the same kind of feeling only there's even less of like a, like a pool to like pull from, you know, I just don't never seen the guy wrestle. Um, he didn't look great last night and like the little things that he did, but like he, like he looks the part, like he looks intimidating. You know what I mean? Like him and Parker look intimidating together. Those guys look like they would beat people up. You know what I mean? Look, but like, I don't. I don't need oversized Post Malone on my wrestling show. Okay, I don't need it. I don't need it. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, I just. That's the thing. I did. I like. Did I like all this? No. Like I did. I thought most of it was like pretty weak, and it was also confusing because like Parker comes out and like Keith just like like dumps him. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, okay. So like Parker isn't even like a threat. Like Keith Lee already just like proved he can just like take that guy, no problem. And then Goatsman comes out, and it's like, okay, well, it's like a whole group with with Swerve. But my honestly, my thing is more along the lines of like, you have a super stacked roster of like established talent. Like, why, like, why did you go with these two to be with Swerve in this Rick Ross thing when like there's just seems like there could be like a lot more, a lot of people that would probably fit the the role a lot better. But I once again, I don't know where this is going. Like I I'm open. I'm I'm way more open-minded to this I think than most of the fan base is because I have a lot of faith in AEW's booking for the most part. But like I was it wasn't a great start. You know, outside once again, Swerve doing that cinder block spot I think saved a lot of it cuz like that came off yeah. great and that's mainly what I think people are going to talk about when it comes to this. And here's the thing, if this if this Ghostman guy winds up being even like good to above average you know what I mean? Because I think people were just expecting this guy to suck based on just like what we saw last night. But it, for all we know, this guy might be good. I mean, we we got to at least give these people a, a chance to, to to succeed before we like bash it completely, I feel like. But, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. I don't have super high hopes for it. I have I, 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 I have a ton of respect for Swerve, and I think he could be a main event player for AEW, like as a singles guy for sure. But like, um. We got to, I, I, I don't know. There's a very random pairing that came kind of out of completely nowhere to me. So I, I don't have too high of hopes for Parker and, and Goatsman in this position. Look, Swerve's going to be the star and it's going to, sure. it's going to kind of live and die off of Swerve. And that gives me confidence because I think he's great. I, I think he can do anything on in the ring, on the mic. Uh, I, Look, besides Jericho and MJF, I think he's the the top heel in the company. So I guess that puts him third on the depth chart. Um, so Swerve is great. I think he can carry this, but it's a rough start. And a lot of times with, with these things that AEW tries to do, like the Trust Busters is an example. Satnam Singh, another guy who comes in and destroys Samoa Joe, and then like he doesn't really wrestle. I feel like Satnam Singh's been around for a year. I'm sure it's been less than that, but it feels like it's been a year and he hasn't done a whole lot. The Dark Order before Brody Lee came in and turned that whole thing around. This time, like, you need something to, to save it. And maybe Swerve is that guy, but the red, you know, Brody Lee helped the Dark Order. And now without him, look yeah. where they're at. Like, Swerve, Swerve's going to be fine. I don't think I don't think this is going to be bad enough to where it drops Swerve down. If it is, that's a huge miss. Like that's an absolute sure. 
huge miss. If this is so bad, if these guys are so not good that it de devalues Swerve because that should not happen at all. But I just debuting, I guess Parker's not a debut, but putting two guys, one complete unknown in this cold position, it's it's questionable. It's very questionable. You couldn't have had you couldn't have had Shane Taylor and JD Griffey do this after ROH. And I know Griffey and, and Shane Taylor are more associated with Keith Lee, but look, Shane Taylor promotions, he's about making money. Swerve could be just paying him more money. They fought each other, right? Like it, it, it right. can make sense. You can make that make sense. You couldn't put them in this position over just these two completely unknown cold guys. I got faith in Swerve. I got a hundred percent faith in Swerve. Maybe Goatsman turns out to be competent. Parker, look, it's been a little while already, and we haven't seen too much from him. But Tony seems to like the guy, and we we shall see. This segment, though, it stood out on last night's show more because everything else was so good on last night's show. Everything else was so good. I can't think of another thing that missed on last night's show. And this was just so, felt so out of place, so cold compared to everything else on the show. It's like, oh man, this is not only a miss. This is like, just you, you blew the dunk on this one. Mm-hmm. You, you had a hit song on your hand. No, no misses. And then you had to throw in one line that fucked it up. Like you're, you're Kanye West talking about uh, the, Shit, what was the song? Kanye West on the, the song. Now it's going to piss me off. Um, uh, I'm probably not the right person for this. Uh, not a, not a big Kanye fan. fan over here. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, now I got to look it up. Um, Happy Hanukkah, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> not a big uh, Kanye guy. Go, pick it Zero up. Zero more portray on the chat. Yeah. You know where I'm going yeah anyway yeah no it's okay um i uh i uh yeah i but i'm 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 with you about all this like as far as like the the coming off cold on a really hot show and the pairing being weird and all this also unrelated note talking about i know you and sp3 y'all are two of my best friends in this in this space in this world honestly and i know you guys talk about uh, professional basketball often uh the the lakers and stuff like that I put a decent chunk of money on the uh, on the over for LeBron James in the second half last night. I don't watch any basketball, right? I just like had like I was like you know I'm sort of feeling good. I'm gonna put some money on this. Does this dude just go out there and just 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 pass and stand around and complain? Is that all he does? Like I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, this is the guy people say is like the 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 new Michael Jordan. It's terrible. I don't know how people watch that. Um, anyways, that's my basketball talk for the year. It's, it's new. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but the question is time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. God Flow, which is a great song. And Kanye has the line that can mess up your whole life like an uncle that touched you. It's a shitty line on a great song. And that's what last night felt like. And I apologize to everyone for ruining the show. What else happened? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't ruin the show. Um, But yeah, that's that's so funny. Um, (laughs) You look so disappointed in yourself. Well, I don't. I don't know if there's anything left to say about the Parker Bordeaux stuff with the with the uh, Goatsman and, and Swerve and all that. I we go to the other AEW um, spotlight, which is the uh, you know, which was a great match, really great main event. Yes, Jamie Hader, Hikaru Shida. They got the main event spot, which is fantastic. They deserve it. Uh, we haven't talked too much about Jamie Hader like as a as a title run, and you know because we only kind of spotlight one or two things a week from from the company. We just we haven't talked about Jamie Hader, but her growth over I mean r- really when she made her AWW debut, I believe in 2019, but then the kind of return since she's been aligned with Britt Baker on the first rampage. I was at the first rampage when Jamie Hader came out. And people did not know who she was. Sure. People in that audience, like the, the people sitting next to me were like, thought it was like some Becky Lynch. Cause she had like the red hair and Becky had been out and everything. Uh, like they did. A lot of people did not know who she was when she debuted. I don't know what the reaction was online, but yeah, people didn't know. And now to see her, the champion, like j- organic, crowd reactions because she was positioned as Britt Baker second, but then she, the crowd just kept getting behind her, kept getting behind her. We all expected the turn. The turn never came, uh, which I don't think has hindered her in any way. It's still been great. And now she's carrying the division as the champion. Great match with Sheeta. I love the powerbomb false finish. Love the finish yeah. overall, but that powerbomb false finish really got me. Sheeta, we got to give her some flowers because she carried the company 
through the pandemic. She she carried the women's division certainly, but she carried she carried a lot of things during the pandemic. And fortunately, she didn't get the live crowd reactions because of that. And then you know she lost it right when crowds were returning to to Brit. I would love to see C- Sheeta get a second run with the title um, because I think she deserves to have a run in front of a crowd, sort of like Moxley. Moxley never got the, sure. the run in front of a crowd until he McIntyre. got five runs. Yeah, <laughs> until until he got five runs. Uh, yeah, yeah, Drew McIntyre is another guy. Um, but yeah, I, Sheeta was great last night. I hope she continues to have a consistent presence on television because she she doesn't have another person, just no misses. All of her matches absolutely fantastic so great job by by hater and Sheeta last night uh you know maybe arguably the best women's match in aw history like you putting this over brit and thunder rosa the the lights out match that's that's kind of the one people go to um i thought thunder rosa serena deeb was really good so they've had some good women's matches but this one stands out yeah, absolutely. And, and if you rank this as the best match, women's match in uh, AEW history, I I don't argue that. You know, I would I would say once you know it's tough with recency bias because that is a real thing, and I I I do it all the time too. So it's hard like because it just happened to like fully like objectively look at it. But I would say, you know, the only match that comes to mind for me that I would potentially put over that is the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker lights out match. Um, but um, but it's close. It's a, it's a different, it's a totally different thing. Like one was like, you know, a bloody brawl. The other is a, you know, it was like a technical match, you know, like a, like a professional wrestling match, you know, more so, but yeah, that was, that was a great main event. And, um, I'm not saying this necessarily has to do with anything or not, but you know, with Kenny Omega being back, it isn't surprising that like, you know, women main eventing and like getting like a really high level, like great, just like he's been such a long time supporter of the women's wrestling and like he's he's a big part of of course booking like that division and everything with AEW um so I, I just wanted to put that out there too we might be seeing it more like with with Kenny being around I feel like women's wrestling in AEW has the, a better chance of succeeding I'll just put it that way um and uh and I, I yeah this was great and you bring up Sheeta in like you know I I agree with everything you said about Sheeta I think she's super talented um you know everyone who who carried major titles throughout the pandemic I, I, I sympathize for I, I have major respect for for the for them carrying the company during uh those tough times but you know it's also sad because like you said mox and you know mox kind of got the redemption for that because he got to carry the title you know later in front of crowds and stuff but um she didn't get that mcintyre didn't get that um Sheeta also is super toyetic as somebody who collects action figures. I have all of Sheeta's figures that have come out so far, including like her AW shop exclusive. And when she came out last night, I was like, Oh, they need to make an action figure out of that. Like out of like, like what she was wearing last night, different, different kind of hair. Like I just think she's, I just think she looks cool. Like she, she presents herself really cool, like uniquely. And she's great in the ring. Like, so it's just very marketable, very marketable, very toyetic. And like, at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter unless you can, you know, back it up at the ring, which she absolutely can. She's one of the best, you know, wrestlers out there. So, um, and then of course, Jamie Hayter. Like, what can I say that hasn't already been said about her? Like, she is like a, a, a lucky isn't the right word at all, but like AEW is lucky when you like the in the sense that I that I'm kind of using it because I feel like you couldn't have even like hoped that Jamie could have turned out this good for you. 
like you know what i mean like i feel like i feel like when she came in they were probably like okay this if we can get her to like a main event type level eventually like that's a giant win for it to happen this fast and her to be this good this fast and this over this fast and like look like just like a legitimate credible champion that people want to be the champion and and they're gonna that's brewing with her and Britt. i mean eventually we're gonna get that and like that's gonna be big so like i think that they it, it's it's like what a great um what a win for AEW for jamie Hayter that this like that she just she worked out so well for them so quickly like that that's it is so massive for AEW to have homegrown talent like that like we're seeing it on the men's side mjf being the world champion right now them elevating guys like Ricky Starks and stuff and Ethan Page and stuff like and they're I know Ethan's been around actually a lot of these guys have been around a while but most people are seeing them for the first time in AEW television so my my point is you're seeing that more on the women's side now too it's like Sheeta or um uh uh Hater is essentially a homegrown AEW women's star that people didn't know pre-AEW for the most part and she's and Hangman Page is the same kind of way you know obviously he has the New Japan and the Ring of Honor but like for the mainstream audience like He's like a homegrown AEW guy that they built from day one of the company to eventually becoming the world champion. And he's a mainstay main event player now. So my whole point is Jamie Hayter is another just great example, in my opinion, of AEW really going all the way with homegrown talent and the homegrown talent, like completely, completely deserving it and like taking that opportunity and running with it. Like, I think, I think Jamie Hayter's just been a, a just a grand slam for that company. She, she's a, yeah, you're right. Like she has been fantastic. And again, just organic reactions. They didn't try to they didn't force her into any spot. They didn't try to just push her down anybody's throat or whatever. It's just, hey, we like her because Britt kind of gives her shit and everything, but she's been a great wrestler. Um, and she just kind of takes it. They wanted her to turn. I still it seemed like all right, maybe they missed the boat on not turning her, but they smartly, instead of not turning her put the title on her because if they didn't turn her and then she lost to tony storm then there would may have been a possibility that it's like oh you kind of you kind of just you should have pulled the trigger on one of those um right and they did with the title and, and she deserves it she's having great matches you know i thought the tony storm match was great at the the pay-per-view last night again a level even above that and i know she's faced riho before they had a they had a television match not too long ago actually uh, I would like to see them run that back in, in an extended form because I think Riho is great, and I would, yeah, I'd like to see Jamie Hader working the way she's working now. It's Riho working how she always works because that could be a great little uh, Joshi style match between those two. But yeah, shout out to Jamie Hader who's doing great work. Improved a lot on like promos and everything yeah. too. Like she used to be just like, okay, she's in the background with Brit. Oh, she's not doing the DMD thing. What's that going to lead to? Uh, and now she's standing on her own with everything and Britt feels more like the background person, even though Britt is still very prominent with the, the feud with Soraya. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. Good stuff from AEW. letting the women give shine in the main event segment there. Before we move on to our WWE spotlight, let's uh, answer the super chat from Alex Diaz who says, if rock is in for WrestleMania, how would you book Cody for WrestleMania? Jensen, you are the, you're wearing the Cody hoodie right now. You're the Cody apologist on this show. What are you thinking? Hmm. Adrenaline in my soul. I'm going to hurl my TV out my window if it isn't Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. There you go. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> I, uh, listen, if The Rock's in for Wrestle, it, there's, 
Okay, I've been saying this since almost pretty much since last WrestleMania. When when it was kind of clear, it was like, wait, they might actually go with Cody, especially once like Hell in a Cell came around and like Cody, you know, posted post WrestleMania was talking about Dusty Rhodes and winning the big one and you know being the only Rhodes not win the title. These were all stories, by the way. You can go back on this show and every other show that I do on any other platform. Before Cody came into WWE, I said that's the story. Is he's the only Rhodes that you know he could win the the WWE title? Like Dusty never did it. Dustin never did it. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes is very, very important to the WWE and especially NXT and a lot of the people that are currently there. And like, I, I think that like Cody winning is like a big win for Dusty and and for himself and for his family and his big justification really for leaving AEW is like coming over and winning the big one in WWE. And if that doesn't happen at WrestleMania this year, then like I feel like I don't even know. Like I, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Um, but I've also said from you know, for months and months and months, if not almost a year at this point, if you're, if you have two nights at WrestleMania, if Rock's going to be there, you do night one, Rock versus Roman, and Rock beats Roman. Night two, you do Cody versus Roman, Cody beats Roman. Sorry, sorry, the Roman beats the Rock night one. I don't know if I said that correctly. Roman beats the night Rock, Roman beats the Rock on the first night, and then Cody beats Roman on the second night. So you get like all the big publicity of night one WrestleMania, the Rock's return. Roman Reigns goes over as like the big megastar who beat The Rock, and his title run has gone for you know how X amount of days and years at this point. And then you finally give that big rub to Cody the next night. Is how is how I would do it. And then you're set up for Cody as a champion going forward. You can always run back him and Roman in a rematch. You know, you, there's a lot of things you can do, but I think I think Cody should be the champion coming out of WrestleMania. That said, if they decide that they want to go with The Rock. So for the sake of the super chat, and thank you, Alex, for sending this. I it, I believe really his question is more so like if The Rock comes back for WrestleMania, we're assuming it'll be The Rock versus Roman. And let's assume in that scenario, Cody is 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 boxed out of the world title picture. Like, what does Cody do at WrestleMania if it has nothing to do with Roman? Um really the only two or three people I think would make sense. By the way, I hate this because, like, I, I should be The Rock. Or sorry, it should be Cody and Roman, 100%, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to say, like, Cody versus Cena makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, You know, especially because I think in a lot of ways they're trying to kind of replace Cena for the next handful of years with Cody, because I could see Cody being like their make a wish guy. And like the, you know, he's the do the work guys for the kids. He'll do the talk shows, um, the media, Cody's all for that the kids. Cody's for the kids, man. Cody, he really is. You see what he does for the wrestling club. He's always him and Teal are always sending them boxes full of stuff and all like, he loves the kids, man. Like, so like, I, and, and I think that, I think that Cody is a, I honestly think he could be kind of like their Cena for the end the, the only issue obviously is Cody's already in his mid thirties. So like you might not have a long time to do this, but you at least buy yourself some time. Like if Roman's going to be your heel, like you need, you need a Cena style baby face to oppose him for the next few years. And I think that's Cody. Um, now in that, in the meantime, you need to be setting up your future. You have to be setting up people. You got to have like five to 10 people in mind that you're like, okay, out of y'all, we're hoping to get a handful of like successors to like Roman's not going to be around forever. Cody's not going to be around forever. Who we got after this? Who's who's next up? NXT level up. Be keeping your eyes out. Who's out there? Um, 
Miles Bourne, for all I know, is that guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's people that it could be. Um, so that's one option, Cody and, and, and Cena. Um, I think that uh, Cody and Logan Paul could be really interesting, like, from, like, a mainstream standpoint. And, and Logan just killed it against Roman. And I have all the faith in the world that, you know, he'd have another great match. Um, so those are the two that I'd say really come to mind the strongest would probably be, I mean, I, I mean, I guess Seth too, but like, I don't really want to see that again. Like, I don't think that makes sense, but I, I mean, maybe they go to another match against Seth. I don't know. Well, I mean, who, who am I, who am I not thinking of Jeremy? Any other ideas? I'll tell you, I do have an idea. Be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. Not Vince McMahon. Cody versus Bray Wyatt. The uh, Cody verse uh, versus the Bray verse. This will get us into my spotlight this week, which is Uncle Howdy coming out, revealing that he is not Bray Wyatt. He is some other mystery figure who kidnapped LA Knight. LA Knight's Bray Wyatt impression, which is great who kidnapped L.A. Knight and then QR code him to death. And mm-hmm. he laughs. And Bray is, like, laughing in the ring, even though Uncle Howdy is targeting him. And then L.A. Knight flees. I'm going to be honest with you, Steven Jensen. Love the Bray stuff. Love Bray Wyatt. Love the Fiend stuff. Setting people on fire. Making them black goo all over themselves and shit. Alexa uh, turning her into creepy Alexa, which is still ongoing and everything. This we got we gotta speed this up, Bray. Like we gotta we gotta do something here. This this stuff ain't hitting for me at this point. Hmm. Like it's I it, it's a mystery where nobody could possibly care about what the conclusion is. We, you know, we're on like choose your own adventure book, and I'm just <laughs> skipping to the end, and I'm just like all right, what, what's the end of this stupid thing? Just please tell me. I'm tired of going from page five to page 74. Oh, if you choose this one, go to page three. I'll now go to page 32. I'm tired of it. Just just give me a conclusion. Go somewhere with this. Because right now, this man has been back since September. And look, I, I love the Bray Wyatt hustle. He came back in September. That's when the uh, stuff started that's when the the qr codes and the white rabbit stuff started right so he was probably signed by september we're he's gonna go three months and not work a single match not take a single bump bless the man secure the bag do what you gotta do you ain't gotta do any work and still get paid do all the stuff but you just gotta you gotta speed this up you know you know i say wrestling matches my wheelhouse is like 12 to 18 minutes like i love a good 12 to 18 minute wrestling match movies this is very hypocritical of me as a fan of the fast and furious franchise the greatest film franchise of all time Mm. movies hour and a half just give me an hour and a half movie hour 45 minutes stops i ain't going to see avatar because i got no time for a three-hour movie i don't have i I don't want to spend three hours in a movie theater or watching one movie. i don't want to spend three hours watching any of that stuff i don't need to spend three months watching this Bray Wyatt stuff build. I don't need any of it. Speed this along. Get me back to dumb shit Bray Wyatt. That's what I want. Set people on fire. This is why Cody needs to be injected because he'll do this stuff. He'll set himself on fire. He doesn't give a fuck. 
Cody will be yeah. Cody will do all of this nonsense Bray wants to do. It'd be great because he did it with Malachi. It's like, yeah, you want to spit this shit in my face, and then I'll just completely, I'll completely uh, no sell it, and my eye will be fine. Cody's got no problem doing that stuff. Cody will do reverse like, reverse suplexes off the top rope through through flaming tables. And yeah. yeah, I mean, like I was there in Atlanta when he did that to Andrade. That was nuts. Um, yeah, and also there's the the long term play there. Of course, people people tend to forget old Husky Harris. His his coach on NXT back in the day was Cody Rhodes. So I feel like there's a story there that writes itself about like this young young Bray Wyatt and and a veteran Cody Rhodes and like how how much things have changed since then. Um, yeah, um, the, uh, I don't really know how else to say this without sound, because I don't want to sound like some, like, WWE hater, because, like, I'm really, that's not the point of what I'm, but this Uncle Howdy stuff just, it just isn't for me at all. Like, I just don't, I just don't, it just, you know, now this is also coming from someone who generally, I just kind of tune into WWE once a month for their, for their pay-per-views. So like I'm very disconnected from the product outside of the stuff that we cover on this show, which is usually to be completely transparent. It's usually Jeremy telling me kind of what's going on and me picking something and then going back and watching it um, when it comes to the WWE. Um, but it's just one of those things where like, it's not cool. Cause like, what's like, what's bad? Like best case scenario, you know, like the, all the, all the Mark WWE fans that are like, I hope it's Bo Dallas or like something like that's like, okay. Like what if it is like that? Like that's, that's the big payoff is like Bo Dallas is back or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like who, I just don't see this going anywhere that like, Oh, Oh, you want me to address my enemies now? Your enemies are the WWE marks who are just hoping for Bo Dallas to return. Yeah. All these people just want Bo Dallas to come back. Um, Here's the thing. I like Bo Dallas, but it's just like, what, like, what if that is the big play? You know, it's like, everyone's, he was never part of the Wyatt family. He was Uncle Howdy. Who are all these other peripheral members of the Wyatt family? And it's like, when has this ever turned out to like actually be cool or like you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, I just don't see any. I don't know. Bray Wyatt's clearly a very creative guy, but I think there's also like a difference between being creative and like things working. And how many times is this guy going to reinvent himself and put up these weird stories and like just have to keep doing it because like it just doesn't really land how it's supposed to you know here's the other thing there are people who really like this i do i do see on twitter there are some people that are like this is the greatest thing i've ever watched on wwe television and i'm like okay that's if this is for you then that's great because like i i'd I'd rather there be an audience for this than there not be at least they're doing it for a reason that there are people out there enjoying it but i'm also seeing a lot of people a lot of people that feel like i do that are like yeah this is creative but like this doesn't feel like pro wrestling. And like, I don't feel like this is really leading anywhere that I'm going to care about. So, you know, one thing I'll, I'll well mention though, I'm, I'm very surprised that they've gone uh, this. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but this push for LA night has been like um, surprising in a good way though. Cause I, I, I think LA Knight's talented, but I didn't think that he was, I didn't think the WWE was going to like do anything with him. I'll be completely honest. Um, so like it's it's been interesting seeing that like he's the guy in this feud with Bray. Um, and it seems to be getting pretty pretty over from what I can tell from like Twitter and stuff, which is good for him. Um, but yeah, I uh 
I'm with you though. I think we feel probably the same way about this Bray Wyatt story. It's like, okay, like what's what's the honestly, Jeremy, what's the best case scenario? Like, like, like in, in a perfect world, what what's the best way you could possibly think that this plays out with this whole Uncle Howdy thing? You get uh who whoever the next great you get Omos. Omos is the big man who comes in. This is what it's gonna be. It's Cody Rhodes playing the role. Oh my gosh, Jensen just walked off this show. He said, "He said, fuck this." I, I did. I didn't mean to offend him with any Cody Rhodes comparison. Okay, I'm still here. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, y'all. Y'all are like, oh, he's this big WWE hater. He no, I actually love him. Watch this. This came in yesterday, so I wanted to show it off. <laughs> got the got the got the big man in the house. Let's go. You get Cody Rhodes, and he plays the role of American hero Hulk Hogan against Bray Wyatt, who is his own Dungeon of Doom. It's the Dungeon of Doom. It's just one man. Cody, I don't know who his Randy Savage is going to be. Uh, maybe it's Seth, because Seth has got the long history. Maybe they unite the Mega Powers, the new Mega Powers, Cody and Seth. They do the handshake, brother, brother. And they go up against the Dungeon of Doom. We got to bring back the Doomsday Cage match. This is my favorite oh, match of all time. We got to bring this back against the Bray Wyatt Circle of Seven Hells or whatever they're calling themselves. That's what we need. Cody and Seth against the Wyatt Seven, Six, however many people he has, Eight, Nine, Ten. Doomsday Cage match. This is actually the best idea I've heard by far. It's um, hot. It's not hot. <laughs> um, I, uh, dude, when I got into pro wrestling, as a child, I was born in 1988. This was, this was like 1994-ish, probably. I, I, when I really started digging into being a pro wrestling fan, the storyline that hooked me was the Dungeon of Doom trying to destroy Hulkamania. Yeah. I came into pro wrestling for years thinking that the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan was like the biggest bad guy in the history of wrestling. Like I, like he. And I saw the debut of the giant throughout that thing. And the like, I didn't know these people were like WWE cast offs. Most of them too, that had like joined the group. Anyways, that leads me to my next question, which is really important. If we're going to do this, we have the dungeon of doom, uh, Wyatt family or whatever you want to call them. And then you have the Hulkamania side, which is, um, you know, Eli Knight and, um, whoever his Randy Savage could be. Who then is the, um, or you have like maybe you know Cody Rhodes on the other side. Maybe Cody's Cody's like the Hulkster in this scenario, and maybe he needs to bring back in like Sean Spears because Sean Spears seems to like kind of follow him from place to place, and he can be like his booty man. You know how like remember how uh, the Brutus the Barber Beefcake came in and, and he called himself Booty Man in WCW and he helped against the Dungeon of Doom. So we're gonna need somebody else to follow Cody back over, repackage himself as a Booty Man type character. And uh, yeah, so if, if how many people listening to this or even even know what the Dungeon of Doom is? I, I wonder what our audience is in the go, chat right now. Do you guys know what we're talking about? Or yeah, go to the cock and watch WCW from mid nineteen ninety five, early early mid nineteen ninety five. Uh, that's when all this kind of takes place. So yeah, go go there, and that's that's what you need to do. All right, everyone. Ooh money money mark nailed it matt cardona that's 100 percent who it should be that's the best answer anyone could have given money mark that's genius matt cardona as matt cardona 
as the, like, the booty man as the booty man now obviously yeah. i'm just i'm joking about the character itself but like that is that's like the perfect best friend of cody rhodes who would help like that actually makes total sense um so anyway where were your fantasy booking a dungeon of doom bray wyatt scenario which, yeah. which actually isn't that far off because look what we're seeing on television like his uncle howdy stuff is it i'm just gonna call it what it is it's corny i think it's corny um but if you like it that's awesome like i'm glad that you're enjoying it and please continue to enjoy it don't let my negativity towards it distract you from enjoying it um i just don't see any scenario where because once again listen i was there live in the crowd at wrestlemania 33 watching bray wyatt wrestle on, a, on top of a projector of, of insects or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, I, what most people consider him to be a genius for, I think it, I usually consider to be pretty corny. It just usually isn't for me. That Look, that's fair. I can, I can tolerate the Bray stuff because he will sometimes lean so far one way. Again, like setting people on fire. stuff. It's hilarious to me, and it pop. This current stuff, this current stuff, ain't working for me at all. I can't even like do a bit. That's why I need to turn it into the Dungeon of Doom because that stable ruled because it was so corny. It became hilarious. This is just yeah, it's kind of corny and it's not very funny. Uh, it's it's not popping me at all. That Uncle Howdy comes out and he got oh, 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 big laugh and he tips his cap and it's like ah. Oh, what are we doing dude what's happening? yeah what is when going it's just on here and they're just playing i mean it's just the it's playing over the speakers obviously so it's like it's just weird because he's out there like just like you know that's what he's doing on the stage he's not you making it yeah. and it's like you're just ha 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 and you're like, oh, that's what you're hearing on this it's just like i but once again i need to make this so clear if i was like six this nah, is don't make awesome. it clear. Cody's for the kids. Steven Jensen's not. It is shitting for him. Well, no, no, you're right. This isn't for me at all. But I'm just saying, like, there there are people I think it's for. So like, just because it isn't for me doesn't mean much, you know? And I'm also, once again, I don't... When Cody comes back, my opinion of a lot of this is going to change because I'm going to be watching the show consistently again. I'm going to be sitting there on Monday nights watching Raw when, when he gets back. So, like, I'm hoping that the, the stuff I watch around it is good um but like yeah i don't i i i don't really know what else to really say about this whole like bray wyatt uncle howdy stuff i think i think like the comeback was uh was very interesting with the white rabbit and the qr codes and all. i thought that was very it was brilliant it was really well done created a lot of uh buzz and stuff but like now we're just in a, a territory of goofiness the best, the best part is michael cole is like he sent us a QR code and this is what it shows. Uh, <laughs> fucking yes. QR codes. Yeah. Well, yeah. what if they built the whole company out of the QR code? How about we do that? I don't think that's that crazy. I mean, not the whole company, but I, I was, that's a whole other rabbit hole of stuff. Speaking of white rabbits. um, that, That's like, Raw is just going to be a giant QR code and you got to just scan it. And then you can watch the match that, that is currently on. You don't know what's going to happen when you scan the QR code. It's going to change from segment to segment. And you have to scan the QR code. And there's going to be little Easter eggs during the match. During the match, there's going to be another QR code that pops up. And you, you scan that. And you go to a backstage segment. So you're watching Becky Lynch versus Bailey, And then the QR code pops up on the screen. You scan that. And then you get Bianca Belair backstage. 
just the whole show was a QR code. That's what should it, that's what should happen. It's wow. A, I feel like this is the new boom period. Well, there you go. Jeremy Lambert with the uh, the big business ideas. Just there's like scan a, the QR code. You you should scan the QR code and then you could get a crowd reaction for Bronson Reed when he returns. Look at this transition. This is how you do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do you it. Get a crowd reaction for Bronson Reed when he returns on Monday because nobody cared when he came back on Monday to help the Miz. He's aligned with the Miz. Uh, the former Jonah in in New Japan and Impact Wrestling. He was Bronson Reed in NXT, got released last year. Um, was it wasn't earlier this year. I can't keep track. I'm pretty sure it was last year, November yeah. of last year. Um, yeah. Can't keep track of these timelines at this point. So he's back. He's with The Miz. A lot of discussion about this on the Twitterverse. What do you think, Jensen? I'm happy for him. Uh, we got a lot of talent. I mean, a guy his size that can move like that, that's valuable, in my opinion. Uh, he's still, I think he's still fairly young like you know um beat okada recently a lot of people a lot of new japan fans were kind of mad about this it seemed like because they were like they put this guy over okada and i was just back in wwe like what the heck um that's what happens you know triple h is back he's gonna get a lot of his okada, people back. okada got his win back people want to leave that part out is that true okada okada but, oh he beat okada and then he left okada beat him back but just to get a win over okada is a pretty big deal like you know just in general in new japan but i know what you mean i know what you mean um but yeah it's uh i mean it, once again the only the only stuff about this that i would have any critique about and this is not this is just my own personal preference is just like pairing him with the miz is and i like the miz like i'm <laughs> I've said it before. I've got, I've got Miz merchandise literally from when he was on the real world. Like I was, I've been a fan of his since before he was a professional wrestler, just on MTV. Like I'm, I'm a Miz stan. I was at WrestleMania 27 when he main evented against John Cena. Like I, and I was cheering for the Miz. Like I, I'm, I'm a Miz fan straight up. I like Mike Mizanin. Um, I, I respect what he's done. I respect the grind. I respect the, the long-term uh, play. I respect going on to MTV and then going into those challenges and then winning all this money and then using that money to enroll in UPW and, and pursue your real passion of becoming a pro wrestler and getting in and, and look how long he way more people know him now as a WWE superstar than a reality TV star. I mean, like, so I have mad respect for the Miz. Um, but what concerns me for someone like Jonah is like, this weird sidekick Miz role doesn't seem to usually turn out great for people. It feels like, like even going back to like Alex Riley, you know, didn't work. Um, I think it was weird with Champa. It's been weird with other people. And I'm not saying it's necessarily always bad. I just feel like it's a weird pairing a lot of the time, but with Jonah, what's what, what can work is he can really be like a heavy for him, like a real enforcer, like, and I love that Jonah does that tsunami splash off the top. I think that looks brutal every time he hits it. Like, so there's, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic for what they could do with this. And I think Jonah has a lot of untapped potential that he wasn't able to show in WWE that he's going to be able to show now. But I think it's kind of weird how, like how often they kind of like, I feel like they bring people in. They just like pair him with the Miz for a while. And then like, you know what I mean? Then it's kind of sink or swim from there. Just kind of, I don't know. The pairing seems weird, but it might, it might work out. I really don't know. I think as a heavy, it's actually a good pairing for for Miz and, and Bronson Reed. I mean, the, the people you mentioned, Alex Riley, 
that didn't work for a number of reasons. Uh, Damien Sandow, he was of just course. the Miz cosplay stuff, like mirroring the Miz was his gimmick. Once he broke away from that, people were like, eh, just don't know about the, the Sandow thing. Um, John Morrison had a, had a good run with the Miz as a tag that's, team run. I mean, that's I think, more like a tag team, though. Like the other guys are more sure. like sidekicks, but yeah, okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. Champa, I think, was going in the right direction and then Champa got hurt. Uh, but like, I had no problem with that pairing. I actually, I kind of like that pairing. Uh, and now we've got Bronson Reed, who, yeah, he's going to just, he's going to be almost like a bodyguard. And, you know, he looks like a, a type of person who would be a bodyguard for an A list celebrity and i think that's going to be kind of the role here is it the best utilization of bronson reed probably not uh i know a lot of people have their opinions on the miz everything i'll i'll say this about him is the man consistently gets on television yeah and you can take that however you want but when you are aligned with him when you are part of his miz verse you're going to be on television and you might not like all of it. And I understand if people don't like all of that, but in a world where there's only so much limited television time and you want to utilize everyone you can utilize, you know, if you're working with the Miz, whether it's against him or with him, you are going to be on television in some way. And so for Bronson Reed, I, I think that's pretty appealing to him because sure. he didn't know where he was after NXT. And then of course he ended up getting, released it's like yeah sure and i'm sure he got paid pretty well uh it's like yeah i'll i'll be the heavy to the biz because i'm gonna be on tv every week people are gonna see me that's an important part of working with the miz um somebody asked i feel like i'm cutting off here uh somebody somebody you asked for a uh, second, you know, thoughts on the ladder match now. okay all right uh somebody asked thoughts on on the on the ladder match uh pile driver finisher did uh, here, my thoughts are, it was nice to see a one-on-one ladder match. Cause I feel like all we see nowadays is multi-man ladder matches, Miz and Dexter Loomis, not my first two choices to have a ladder match. And it was not a memorable ladder match. Those are my thoughts. Um, on the flip side, we did have a great, one of my favorite matches of the year, actually, as a matter of fact, we had a great one-on-one ladder match in AEW this year. People forget about it cause it was so early in the year, but. Cody Rhodes, Sammy Guevara was like fantastic. So, I was there. Oh, that's right. I was there for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to throw that out there too for people because like, because I'm 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 with you for like as far as like the one-on-one ladder matches and stuff because I feel like at least in my mind I know we've seen plenty of them but I always default when I think about one-on-one ladder matches to like you know the Brett and Sean ladder matches of course and then for me then I kind of like you know there's a lot of like there's TLC and like all the crazy stuff from like the 90s but like. Then to me, like one on one, I think of like Jeff Hardy and the Undertaker. Um, I think of Jericho and Benoit, but like obviously, but it, it, but the Jericho Michaels, right? Jericho Michael, that was another fantastic feud um, for the world heavyweight title. So there's, there have been some good ones, but they've been kind of few and far between, it feels like. (laughs) And, um, and, uh, and yeah, I thought that, uh, but I think Cody and, and, and Sammy, like arguably might've been the best I've seen. Like that was a great match. And like to top it off, like it was Cody's last AEW match. Sammy Guevara hit that sweet cutter from ladder to ladder. Like that, that was an awesome one-on-one ladder match. So I, I, I wanted to throw that out just cause you reminded me bringing up, you know, the whole, you know, this wasn't a great one-on-one ladder match. We don't see them that often. We got a really good one early this year. If y'all missed it from AEW. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I mean, the, the only reason the ladder match, it, the only reason it was a ladder match, obviously in hindsight was for the finish so that, you know, Jonah could date or um, 
Bronson Reed could re-debut and, you know, and help the Miz climb the ladder and stuff, um, which is fine. So let's move on to our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. The Motor City Machine Guns are the Impact Tag Team Champions once again, defeating Heath and Rhino. I, we both love Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, any titles they can get, I'm all about it. Uh, and I'm all about this. I I guess they're going to feud with Cardona and Myers until Cardona goes back to WWE, and then we shall see after that. But all about the Machine Guns. They're also the New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Champions. So they're they're collecting gold around here. Yeah. Um. So I I, I feel all that big Motor City Machine Guns fan. One of the best tag teams in the last couple decades, in my opinion. One of the best tag teams really of all time, depending on how you look at it. Um. And Alex Shelley, you know, had a great, great, and still is technically right now, like great indie run as a singles guy, like throughout the pandemic and stuff. And Chris Saban, when Alex Shelley wasn't there, was killing it as a singles guy for impact and doing other like kind of various random tag team stuff and with other people. And both guys are just ultra reliable, just super high level, just great, just great workers who can, you can literally wrestle anybody of any style and you can just know it's going to be good. Um, so I, I give the highest level of praise to both Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. I think they're terrific individually and as a tag team. Um, I was so so that's the reason that's a long way of saying like I'm glad that they that they're the impact tag team champions because I feel like given like the current roster, they probably should be. Like I think they're the best tag team in the company. Now that said, they should have done this change at the pay-per-view. And I was saying that at during the post show with Denise right afterwards, like because if, if you remember how this played out, the OGK had the titles at the pay-per-view and they wrestled Motor City Machine Guns and they won with like, it was this weird finish where like Maria got knocked off the apron, if I remember correctly. And then like, it was like a roll up and they, and like Bennett or Tave and one of the two like used like their, their feet on the ropes and like, you know, they barely squeaked by retaining the titles. And then like the next day when they did the TV tapings, OGK dropped the titles to Heath and Rhino. And I was like, if they're leaving the company and they're dropping the titles, why didn't they just drop in a motor city last night? Like, why would you put the titles on Heath and Rhino? Like no, no disrespect to Heath and Rhino. I know they've got their fans, but like, if you have the option, in my opinion, you're booking a show and you're like, who's, who do I want as a champion? Like once again, considering everyone knew OGK was bailing, like, and so this does seem like unnecessary. Like, why did you even have to do the Heath and Rhino like short-term run to get to motor city? They could have just had motor city win the titles then. And we'd be like, you know, you know, a couple months into their title run or whatever now. Um, I think so. I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is everyone kind of knew that OGK were leaving, and so they just sort of suspected Motor City Machine Guns would win. So it's like, ah, let's do a swerve here. So sure. maybe we think they're sticking around. And so that's what they decided to do. Two, Heath and Rhino were supposed to win the titles uh, I guess a couple years ago when Heath got injured in the, the gauntlet for the gold thing. Um, right. And, Rhino, and Rhino won like, the the trophy thing right yeah, yeah rhino ended yeah. up winning and then he aligned with uh viol um violence what, what's their yeah yeah violence is yeah. Oh, sorry no no no. i'm sorry violence is forever is green yeah i was too. thinking of violence is forever. by design violent, well. by violent by design there you go uh eric young got murdered uh from that group uh yeah violent by design right. he aligned with them and they they won the tag team title so like that they were supposed to win the titles then so this feels like a very like a make good for heath and rhino because they were supposed to get the titles then and I think they've always wanted the titles on them and 
just for the you know the pop of like ah first ever smackdown tag team champions now they're here and heath and rhino are, are good together and everything so i think those were the two reasons they decided hey let's give heath and rhino a little bit of short run with things and now you know we we end the year with the uh, motor city machine guns with the titles i mean heath and rhino's run was what it was i think it was it was clearly designed to be a, a short-term thing of hey they got the titles kind of a make good thing and then yeah i think it was to motor city didn't win at the pay-per-view to throw people off maybe oj oh uh the kingdom ogk right ogk yeah yeah maybe they're sticking around uh maybe they're sticking around then of course they didn't but regardless motor city has them now uh it's it's good for them because i assume like they're going to be working new japan tapings they might head to new japan in 2023 i don't that's not confirmation or anything i could just easily see them working some japan shows and maybe get the impact titles on on television over there i think uh ace austin and chris bay are next in line for those titles though and we're gonna get some great matches from these two teams oh yeah i definitely agree with that um yeah, that's that's gonna be fire because good stuff. Yeah, obviously I'm a I'm a longtime supporter of Chris Bay and Ace Austin. For people listening to the Weekender, I I especially when I covered Impact every every week. I don't do it as much now with Joel and Cresta having their show, but I just still go over the spoilers and uh, some of the bigger stuff for Impact. And every time I talk about it, I'm always talking about Ace Austin and Chris Bay. They're like two two guys that they really need to go all the way with while they have the opportunity. And um, if if the tag team ranks is the best way of getting them um, in a position like that, then that's what I want to see. So like Motor City versus uh, Bay and Austin would be would be fire. And um, I'm I'm all for that. I, I that's that's honestly like perfect booking, in my opinion, if they're if they're, that, that, that's where this is headed. I know Austin and Bay are still in Japan. They were in Japan. They just finished up uh, Super Junior Tag League, but I, and so they missed the last set of impact tapings. Uh, so unless right. they did some tape, some like backstage stuff, I don't know if we'll be seeing them on the show until the next set of tapings. But once they are back and doing tapings with impact, I imagine that's the next program. Cause they, they hinted at that before they went over to Japan anyway. And, and let's be honest, like Ace Austin, Chris Bay against Motor City is just a better match, a better program than Austin and Bay against Heath and Rhino. Oh, I am. Absolutely. Night and day. I mean, once again, no disrespect to Heath and Rhino, but like we're talking about, we're talking about arguably the best tag team, one of the best tag teams ever in Motor City. And then like Bay and Austin, who have just been waiting for this breakout opportunity. And I think they're going to totally, totally rise to the occasion. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I would, I, I, I very much hope that that is where this is all headed. And they also, I think they teased, if I remember correctly, I think they teased Ace Austin and Chris Bay, potentially wrestling um dan the dad and jake manning uh dad scout i think for those uh revolution titles i think might be might be happening soon i could be wrong about that but i, I want to remember that i want to say there's some rumbling about that recently so that'd be pretty badass yeah uh my other spotlight this week was suzu suzuki against tomaka Anabe from the just half out 50th anniversary show uh honoring takataichi um this went down earlier this week I'm, I'm going to be honest, ne- haven't seen anything of these two women, but I watched this show early in the morning. Um, I think it was like Tuesday morning. Watched this show, and these two thought had just a great, great match. I love any match that just starts off with like two people just throwing bombs at each other. Don't give me this crisp lock up. Ah, let's do some technical work and all this stuff. Now, nah, just start punching each other in the face and forearming each other. And everything. That's how this match started. Love the finish because a lot of kicks 
love me some good kicks. Um, so the the finish was basically just Anabe just like kicking the shit out of Suzuki multiple times. It's some really creative stuff in this match as well. There, there was one move uh, she lifted her for like the the jaded, and then it turned into sort of a like side slam. Yeah. And the other one where they hooked from behind and almost sort of like a, a variation of like the rampage. Um, right. But I, I don't know what to call these moves. It's something that I have not seen a whole lot of, if ever, but a lot of creative yeah. moves in this match as well. So I I absolutely love this match. No, I'm with you. That that movie you're talking about which was, was kind of like the like the full Nelson into like the side slam. Um, that was sick. And the, the, the finish was was great. I know exactly. It, it is kind of like the rampage. It's really the best. Um, well, no, it's the page turner, I think is what she called that, right? I yeah, think Rampages yeah, yeah. Or, or DDT, or DDT but yeah. then you're the one where she would like do that. Actually, Trey Miguel has been kind of doing that move lately, too. Um, but yeah, I've never seen it hit this way before, like, like behind the back, the way she did it. And she does like a roll, like a midair, like flip during it, too. Um, I think she called it a uh, well, actually, I don't know what she calls it, but the commentary, I think, said something like tequila, something I couldn't make, but I. I, I couldn't make out what they were saying. It was, uh, you know, it was in Japanese. Don't speak but, the language. So I, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. but, but, you know, I, but no, I, I marked out. I saw that finish and I was like, what the hell was that? Like, that was sick. Um, And th- those two women beat the hell out of each other. Like, I love that kind of pro wrestling. Like everything was just so crisp. Just all the, all the elbows, all the strikes, just like super high level stuff in the crowd. Loved it too. You could hear like all the oohs and ahs throughout the match and stuff. And they, they really went at it. Even like just the way that like things popped when like they, they hit moves, you can just, you can hear the, you know, it really, it really sounded like they were laying it in, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm with you. I don't know much about uh, Anabi, I'm uh, sorry, Anaba and uh, Suzuki either. You know, I'm glad that you, um, you wanted to spotlight this match day and you sent me the, uh, sent me the match so I could watch it myself. Um, I, uh, I'm glad I watched it. I, th- these, these are two women that I think we should all have our eyes on and, Man, if you brought either of them over to AEW, like that bangers. You know what I mean? Like that's good stuff. Y'all, y'all need to check this match out. Um, and I, I I kind of skipped around the card too. And like there's like like uh Yoshitatsu was in the opener and stuff like that. Like, I mean, there's you know, seemed like a pretty fun show overall. So uh um yeah, that was the main a- event main event was Shingo against Tai Chi in a last man standing lumberjack death match uh, <laughs> nonsense. It was for the King of Pro Wrestling title. But yeah, Suzuki and Anabe, uh, or Suzuki, sorry. Uh, yeah, wa- watch this match. It was it was going to be my favorite women's match of the week until Jamie Hayter and Sheeta decided to do what they did last night. But a good week for, for just women's pro wrestling. And just, you know, Athena ha- has talked about it, of the, the sort of strong style women's pro wrestling and the the Joshi style in America, obviously over in Japan, that's the style that they wrestle. But like that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy. And so seeing it in Japan and then on national television in the main event last night, good week for for women's wrestling. And then Becky and Bailey had a very good match, not strong style type match, certainly more of a American style sports entertainment television match, but still a very good match between uh, Becky Lynch and Bailey on Monday. So strong week. For women's wrestling, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, strong year for women's wrestling. Yes. 2022, really. I mean, and I can't praise them enough, but like, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, you know, Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace and some of these girls that like aren't getting as much love as I feel like they should be because they don't work for WWE or AEW and like the indie scene 
is, I mean, Billy Starks was one of the best wrestlers of the year, in my opinion, you know, it just turned 18 and already working AEW. I mean, we knew that was going to happen. Like 18 already on AEW dark, like the, like the next week, you know what I mean? It's just like the progression of some of these, these talents is just, it's unreal to see how good and how young people are getting this good. It's just unreal. Um, and you have it on the men's side too, of course, like Nick Wayne and, and, uh, and Starboy Charlie and those kind of guys and stuff like there's, it's, it's, it's really, really cool to see. So, um, so yeah, I, I, not only was it a great year for women's wrestling, like established women, of course, like, uh, like Bianca and like Becky and, 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 you know, um, on the AEW side, um, you know, we had, we had good stuff there and, you know, of course, Jordan and stuff over an impact and not only just that, like the future of women's wrestling looks really, really bright with, with, with women like Billy Starks coming up. And so, I mean, it's going to be, it's only getting better. And this is, this is, like it really is like uh like I did I did a top ten uh favorite matches of the year uh with Doug on Tuesday and um I had quite a few women's matches I wanted on that list and it was tough because there were just so many damn good matches and then there's like you know FTR and Briscoe's have like three bangers Cody and Seth have three bangers like there's like some you gotta like really narrow it down um in the only women's match that made my top ten was Masha Slamovich versus Jordan Grace title versus career from Impact Wrestling. Um, and there were some others once again, that were very close, but I just want to give them a shout out on the show today. Like this, I think this was, this was just a really, really good year for women, women's wrestling and a year that I think you could show a lot of like the kind of like the women's, like the high, cause there's still people out there that like deny high level women's wrestling. They just still won't accept that like it exists. And I think you can show matches like Jordan versus Masha to even like the haters and be like, listen, watch this. Like, what can you really, outside of, outside of like something misogynistic, like they're women, so I don't want to watch it. What could you say about a match like this? That isn't what you would say about like, you know, a, a super high level match that anybody was having. Like, you know what I mean? I feel, I feel like the gap has, 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 has closed a lot this year between like, the, the perception of men and women's wrestling being separate things. And we're also seeing a lot more intergender wrestling. We've been seeing it on the Indies for a long time, impact wrestling for a long time. I just saw on raw. Didn't they just do um, Rhea Ripley, Ripley. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think this was just, let's see without, without talking about it for too long. Cause I know we're running low on time. Like that's, I think this, I think 2023 or sorry, 2022 was a, was a big win for women's wrestling and women's wrestling fans. And it's only going to get better for 2023. They'll only build upon this. So um, I think a lot of the people that have been complaining about women's wrestling, not getting enough representation and, and this and that, like, I think they're going to, I think 2023 is going to be a good year for, for those people. Cause I, I, you know, they're main eventing, they're, they're high level. They're they're You know what I mean? Like it's, they, it's, it's been pretty damn cool to see, you know? I mean, to, to further the, the point, like New Japan has women wrestling on their show. It's not just right. dark matches and everything. We could get Sasha Banks uh, wrestling on a New Japan show, whether in the United States or America. Like, so, yeah, it, I think women's wrestling is only going to continue to get more prominent right off the bat with just Sasha Banks appearing at oh, Wrestle yeah. Kingdom and then whatever match she goes on and doing. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a great year for women's wrestling and you know, if this week check out the uh, Anabe and Suzuki match, check out Hater and and Sheeta if you haven't. Check out a lot of the stuff that the women you mentioned, Masha and Jordan. Good stuff from the women, and yeah, I think it's only gonna gonna grow because it's gonna start off big January fourth with Sasha and uh, Kyrie and Tam as well. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a great match at, at Wrestle Kingdom that a lot of people are gonna be talking about. 
Yeah. And I also just want to throw it out there too, just to be fair and fully transparent. I don't, this past year, I didn't watch hardly any, hardly any Japanese wrestling. I just didn't have the time like I normally do, and especially to stay up overnight and watch it like I used to live and stuff. Um, But I know there's been a lot of really good Joshi wrestling over the year that I did, that I haven't touched on just because I don't have the knowledge. Um, Like, like the, but I just want to throw that out there too. Like it isn't just in the U S like there's been great women's wrestling all over the world. Um, and we just can't cover it all here. We are only two guys with so much time to watch so much wrestling. But like, if you have some high level, like Joshi wrestlers and stuff that you want to throw out there matches, like DM me or, or mention me in a tweet or something. And I'll, uh, I'll definitely check it out and talk about it on like future shows here with Doug or on the weekend or and stuff like that. Like I, 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 I want to know more about, uh, some of these women I, I don't really know much about. Um, check out and, and follow Scott E wrestling. He does the Joshi journal on Fightful. Right. Uh, that's a weekly thing. I'm pretty sure he's starting a Japanese wrestling podcast uh, for Fightful Select coming up shortly. He, he used to do a Joshi podcast for Fightful Overbooked. So yeah, follow him. He, he covers that stuff and, and knows all about that. All right, let's get into our indie spotlight. Jensen. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. My indie spotlight this week is Konosek that. Takeshka, Konosuke Takeshka against Colby Carino from Deadlock Pro Wrestling first anniversary show. Uh, this is not only to, to highlight this match because I think Takeshka is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Colby Carino, probably going to be hearing even more about him than you already have because he was with NWA. It seems like he's going to be leaving NWA. Uh, his contract expires in January. Sounds like he's WWE bound. Uh, our buddy Cassidy Haynes from Body yep. Slam reported that. I trust Cass. So... Sounds like Colby Carino is going to end up in WWE sooner rather than later. Uh, but Deadlock overall, like this is a, a company, a promotion that just hit their one year anniversary, started by John Blood from New Legacy, CM Pulse, uh, and Tony Pizza Guy, who were just like, as far as I know, like Twitch streamers, YouTube streamers, game streamers, started a podcast, started a wrestling promotion. And now I've grown it into a place like I listen to a lot of interviews and a lot of indie wrestlers has talked highly of deadlock they're getting guys like Takeshka on their cards and a lot of wrestlers want to be part of this promotion wrestle on these shows so just if you have not seen any of their stuff uh dp dpw on demand you can sign up there to to watch them when they first come out you go on youtube uh they do post a lot of stuff on youtube as well and as far as Takeshka and colby carino goes very good match. I love Colby's uh, stunner into the forward roll, into the double stomp. Like, that's a really cool move. Takeshka is great. I love how it got out of the, the Styles Clash because he's just so much bigger than Colby. He's just like, I'm just going to kind of bridge into like a Boston <laughs> Crab here. That's that's all I'm going to do off of this. Um, so a, a really good match. But overall, deadlock, if you if you haven't been keeping up with what they've been doing, uh, they're worth your time. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, Takeshka, like you said, one of like the hottest rising stars in wrestling right now. And Colby Carino, as you mentioned, and shout out to our, our friend, once again, Cassidy Haynes. Um, he, he actually texted me around the time that he was dropping that news too. Um, Cause he knows, you know, obviously I've paid a lot of attention to Colby on the Indies and stuff. And he's, it's kind of been a long time coming. A lot of people have been kind of waiting for him to like really break out. And I think 2022 was his best year by far. He's always been good, but like, he's really putting it all together right now, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, it's cool with deadlock, what they're doing. You know, I remember years ago, um, like what culture, when they started like WCPW and stuff like that, like we've seen, we've seen it be successful before where like, you know, people, uh, 
like streamers or people like that are kind of peripherally a part of professional wrestling or even just fans like that just get in good with wrestlers and have the money to be able to pay them to to run shows and stuff like that like it's uh it's cool it's very cool that uh the dpw kind of started as like a like a uh like oh, but it's a kind of like community of wrestling fans and now they're they're a full-fledged indie company that's getting this kind of talent so hell yeah go 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 support uh deadlock that that's awesome good for them and uh yeah, Takashi and Carino. I mean, those guys. Those guys are both great. If you can bring talent like that, and you're definitely doing something right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so again, D- DPW on demand. If anybody wants to go check that out and and support them, and best of luck to the boys as they continue uh, their journey with Deadlock Pro Wrestling. Jensen, your indie spotlight. Martin Stone, you broke this news. You're a newsbreaker. You're a scoopster. Steven Jensen, mm. Martin Stone, Danny Birch, back in wrestling. Uh, he's going to be wrestle wrestling at a uh, district championship championship district wrestling coming up. And he's got another match that you, you're going to tell us about as well, but he had the promo at CDW uh, this past week. Yes. And I want to clear up a couple things real quick. Cause I, I want to be fair to the whole scenario um, without getting too, too into it. Um, we were, we were told me and you both um, a while months, months ago, actually that Martin Stone was going to be cutting a promo <clears throat> for CDW to announce his return to wrestling. Um, we had, um, everything was already, can you still see me? I think my internet might've gotten weird for a second. Can you no, hear me? Okay. On my okay. End. Sorry. Um, if I cut out, it's something with my internet, I apologize. But, um, but so we known for months that, that Martin Stone was going to be doing this promo. And I think he, he did probably, um, tape it a while ago and they were just waiting to air it on this show. So me and Jeremy had a write up already ready to go. And in the meantime, we it flew under our radar over on CCW, which is Coastal Championship Wrestling. Um, they started running a, a, a program with Ozzy Kilmeister and, um, and Martin Stone. And they actually announced their match on social media. If I, I, my timeline might be a little messed up, but I believe they announced it the night before the show I went to in, in Georgia. So it's one of those things where like, the time was very strange in the match that Ozzy's having is going to be on the 13th and Martin's going to be wrestling August Artois on, um, on the 15th. So, but I want to give full credit right now. I want to give a big shout out to Ozzy Hillmeister and coastal championship wrestling. Go support their product. They're putting in a lot of big effort and like, they're very proud to be, to be promoting a uh, Kilmeister versus uh, Martin stone. And I wanted to give them full credit for, for putting that match together and direct people over there to please support their product and watch that match. Um, now that all said, you know, Martin was essentially waiting for my tweet. You know what I mean? Like I tweeted that he was returning, he retweeted, and then he immediately posted the video. So it was set up in a way to which like we were basically asked to break the news that Martin Stone was returning. And right around that same time, he was setting this stuff up with coastal championship wrestling. So I just want to give full credit to, uh, to championship district wrestling for the match on the 15th, August R12. I'll be there live. Can't wait to see it. And also uh, January 13th, uh, please support Ozzy Kelmeister versus Martin stone um, at coastal championship wrestling as well. Um, and I hope that I didn't piss anyone off or offend anybody or like discredit anybody with anything that I put out there. I do not claim to be a newsbreaker. I don't want to be a newsbreaker, but occasionally people come to me and Jeremy, whether it's promoters, wrestlers and stuff. And they're like, Hey, can you really like, we could really use like help with promotion if you're able to do anything for us. And 
I was like, listen, if you can get me the story, we can put it all together. I'll get it ready. I'll be at the show. When it happens, we'll put the article up. It's just the timing. It's almost like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's almost like, um, when I talk about MLW, it's hard because I've read the spoilers months ago. I know it's going to happen, but some, something might change between the time it was filmed and the time that something airs, you know, that might are way ahead of MLW. MLW still airing stuff from the Vince McMahon era. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like carrying Cross is still on their show. So like that's, that, that's kind of my whole point. I'm not making excuses, but I just wanted to say that's kind of the situation is like, we were given this heads up months ago. We were prepared in advance. And along the way, another match was booked for two days before we were talking about. So that said, support CCW, Coastal Championship Wrestling, support CDW, Championship District Wrestling, support Martin Stone's return to professional wrestling, support August Artois, and support Ozzy Kilmeister. Um, that all said, really quickly before I get out of here, I had a blast at the CDW show. Please check that out when it drops on YouTube. I got to call two matches. It was a little bit of a mix-up, or not a mix-up, but a little bit of last-second change. Um, Jameson Ryan is injured. Um, he was injured on AEW Dark this past week. Kicked him, and he injured himself. He he injured him himself running from this show and running from the grind. Oh. That's how he's injured. There you go. Um, so Jameson was injured. I, I there was a little bit of a shakeup with the with the card and some of the matches. Um, but I think you guys are gonna really enjoy the show. And we are looking forward to having Jameson back on. Uh, he, he was supposed to be with us today, but we will hopefully have him for next week's show, if not the show the, the next week following that, depending on when we air it. Um, and when CDW drops the show on YouTube, go to their YouTube channel, check it out. I I uh, excuse me, I commentated two matches. Um, I did um uh, Charlotte Renegade versus Ashley Dubois, who I'm a big fan of both those women. So I was really happy to be on the call for that. And then I also called Ernest the Cat Miller with uh, Diamond Sheik and Big Trouble Ben Bishop versus um, versus uh, Carly Bravo and uh, Sean Dean the Infantry. Um, and my highlight of the whole night was while I was on commentary, Ernest the Cat Miller came over and gave me a high five. So I high fived Ernest the Cat at an actual wrestling show calling his actual match. So the WCW kid in me has officially completely marked out and the cherry on top, throw this out there one more time for the people who've been following my, my shoe journey recently of like finding shoes that I needed, that I liked that finally got some, some shoes I'm really proud of. As I was leaving the show, Carly Bravo, I was talking to him for a second. The last thing he said to me, he's like, man, I really like those shoes. And we talked about my Griffies for a minute. So Carly Bravo, I appreciate you, man, for recognizing the shoe game and um and thank you very much to jameson and sheik and everybody involved with championship district wrestling for letting me be a part of the show again um and i can't wait to be at the next one i think it's, it, it, i shouldn't say anything it is january 15th um and uh i hope to uh it sounds like i'll call all of the matches that jameson is like involved with and then another random match um for each one of these shows so appreciate y'all and um i gotta go clock in for work for the shoot job Today is my last day of work before the holidays. Don't have to work tomorrow. Don't have to work over the weekend. Don't have to work Monday. I hope you guys have a happy, happy day. I'm about to go slug down some of that fodder, fodder powder, dude. I've been drinking the hell out of this, out of the stuff that he sent us. I am getting jacked for BGU. See you guys later. Have, have a good one, Jeremy. Happy holidays, bro. Bye, Jensen. Happy holidays, buddy. Uh, 
pal Kate says, happy holidays. You both roll. Happy holidays to you as well, Kate. I see you've not done any work this year, so maybe you should stop being so lazy. Guys, thank you uh, for joining us today. Yes, no no creator spotlight this week because Jameson Ryan is a coward and uh, you know, he, he injured himself running from the grind, running from this show, running from me. And when I see him, I will confront him and I will kick him. Uh, guys, I hope everybody is uh, safe this weekend. Uh, again, if, you, if you're having bad weather, stay safe, stay warm, just stay safe in general. If you plan on making some last minute christmas shopping trips or anything like that stay safe if you're visiting family you might not want to visit whatever it is stay safe be kind to each other uh enjoy your your holiday season enjoy your christmas your hanukkah your kwanzaa whatever you might celebrate um and we will talk to everybody next week thank you again for for joining us we have dad day after dynamite today at three o'clock youtube.com slash fightful right here uh right here on this channel Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, After Dynamite with Will Washington and, and a guest, and I'm sure myself. Um, we have a new episode of Grapsody on, they're doing one on Christmas Eve, I believe. So Grapsody Christmas Eve at noon Eastern on Saturday. Head over to Fightful Overbooked. We got new content dropping all the time over there, FightfulOverbooked.com. Uh, you know, subscribe to the channel over there and just subscribe to Fightful Select. Go to Fightful.com. We'll see everybody for the final week of 2020 next week. Bye, everyone. Merry.